Hi there, my name is Pamela and I breed British Shorthair Cats in Perth, Western Australia. I've been breeding and exhibiting my cats since 2004 and I'm even a cat show judge. I'm passionate about the cat fancy and I want to share my knowledge and experiences with you so that you can enjoy your hobby as much as I do. That's what the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast is all about. In this series, I'm taking a moment to answer some of the most regular cat breeding questions I get asked every day. Hopefully the answers will help you too. I'm also covering some topics that are important to new cat breeders so that you can start out on the right foot. Some of the episodes are scripted and some of them are off the cuff. The audio is both good and bad. But the main thing is the information and I'm sharing it in whatever way I can with you in mind. I got asked a really interesting question today by one of the members of my new cat breeders club and it's something that is often something that weighs on the mind of new cat breeders because it's something that comes really from experience and if you don't have the experience it can be really difficult to wrap your head around it and know that you're doing the right thing or identify when you're doing the wrong thing. And the subject I want to talk to you about is inbreeding. Now, the question I got asked was, um, how do you know if there's too much inbreeding in a pedigree when you're getting a new cat as a new breeder? And the answer is, it's really hard to tell because you need to see a lot of pedigrees and understand a lot of pedigrees before it will actually make sense to you whether it is or it isn't an inbred pedigree. And I want you to know that, I want you to remind you that cats don't have any concept of who their parents are, who their brothers are, um, who their sisters are. They just mate. They don't say, hello, are we related beforehand? So in nature, cats will just mate willy-nilly and it's the way that they move around in environments that means that their genes get not too inbred because they have cats coming in from outside, cats leaving the colony, that kind of thing. Anyway, getting back to pedigree cats, we make the choices about who they have as their partners. And that means that we choose whether or not their pedigree does become close, which is what we call line breeding, is when you've got closer relatives, or when you've got inbreeding, which is when it's very close matings. And as a new breeder and you're looking at a pedigree, it can be really hard to tell what you're looking at. But one of the things I want you to know is that it's not automatically a no thank you when you see a pedigree that has a cat in it more than once. Now it depends how it's been done, why it's been done and who has done it basically. Often you'll find that there might be a cat that is particularly good in a particular breed and that cat's pedigree, um, that cat gets used by a lot of breeders and or his kittens are used by a lot of breeder breeders. It's often a male because a male obviously can have more litters than a female can in their lifetime. You can put more girls to a boy than you can put um, then you can have litters from a girl. Um, so let's just assume it's a boy. And that boy is in a lot of different pedigrees because he's been very popular. He wins at shows. He's good um, at getting the job done. <laughs> and he has lots of kittens. So that particular cat might be in a lot of the pedigrees for that particular breed. What you will notice is if you have um, in, in years to follow, you will notice that that cat will pop up on the pedigree in lots of different spots. It might be a grandparent, it might be a great grandparent, it might be a father. It might be in different spots on each on that particular pedigree. And as someone who's starting out, I think it's okay for you to see it there maybe twice. If you see it more than twice, 
I would maybe ask someone else to have a look for you. In fact, if you have any pedigree, if you have someone that's helping you or mentoring you, ask them to have a look at it for you. They'll be able to have a, a better understanding of what's going on. But if it has that cat three or four times, then you need to think that's an inbred pedigree. And it's not to say that that's actually going to be a problem because if that particular cat doesn't have anything bad that he's passing on, um, that's not going to be a problem. And as soon as you put your that particular kitten that you're looking at to a completely unrelated cat, then um, that's going to widen that gene pool that you've got there, that um, the, the genes that are in the kitten that's going to be produced. But what can happen, and people think, well, okay, well, I'm not going to get a pedigree that has that cat in there seven times. I'm not going to get a pedigree in there that has that cat in there two times. But what you don't know is what's behind that, because that cat, you might go to the fifth generation and think, yep, I'm all good. No one's doubled up in there. We're all great. And then in the sixth generation, which is a generation you don't have there in front of you on the piece of paper, that male that we're talking about he could be the father of every single one of the grandparents and then you have a massively inbred pedigree it's just it's really hard to get your head around what people can do is they can use software they use their um, pedigree producing software to work out inbreeding coefficients and things like that but really, it's very unlikely that you are going to have a cat that's going to be in so many pedigrees as I've just described. Now, it's not to say that it's not, though, because a lot of the Australian, for example, my breed is British Shorthairs and I'm in Australia. And if I look back in the Australian British Shorthair pedigrees, there's particular cats that just pop out that are in everything. The one that always comes to mind is a cat called Kavita Wild Time. And that cat is in a, a lot of my Australian pedigrees. Um, by the time those cats come together and I put them together and that cat might be behind them in you know pretty far back generations, I think that everything that that cat's contributed has been um, diluted by all the other cats that have come into the pedigree. So really you're, you're diluting that amount of um, DNA every time you do a mating to something that's not related. So it's, it's not really a simple answer. It's not a yes-no type of thing. Um, for every cat that is good in terms of being um, duplicated in the pedigree, there's some that are bad. I can think of another example where um, a cat that was very good was in a lot of pedigrees and had a lot of kittens and, and was doubled up here, there and, and everywhere. And then it wasn't until that cat was a bit older that it was realised that that cat had heart to heart problem and that that had been passed on to a lot of the kittens. And so that was a bit of a shame because it was passed on to quite a few and there was problems there. But that's unpredictable, um, especially if it's not a breed that has heart problems and there's no DNA test available and not every heart problem is genetic and all of those kinds of things. So a lot of it comes down to you do your best to work out what's in there and make sure that you ask as many questions as you can and talk to other people about it and take their advice. But you recognise that every time you, you get a new cat and you're rolling the dice, you don't know what you don't even know, and this is gonna maybe scare a few people as well. You don't even know that what you're getting is what you're getting. Because, you know, and I I hear stories of this as a as a breeder that's been around for a long time. And I know it's happening. I know it's happening. There are people out there that are passing off cats as being from particular cats, 
um, you know, this is the dad of these kittens when it's not the dad of those kittens. Now, they do it for a variety of reasons. One of the biggest ones, though, that it's going to catch you out every time is they just do it by accident. They just don't know. They're people that are not keeping really good control over which cats are going in with which cats or maybe they're not good with their paperwork and writing down who's been in with who and they just think it is that one when it isn't that one and these are things that we don't know. So in every pedigree that you're looking at, yeah, you might see that there's a double up of cats here. They might see that there's three of this particular cat there but you don't know that that's actually all what you're seeing is, is what you're seeing. There might be a cat that appears once that's actually in there three times because people have been a bit bad with their breeding. It's a bit of a luck of the draw. And I know this sounds really negative and I think it's going to maybe scare a few people, but that's just, um, I know people like to think, no, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. That doesn't happen. It does happen. And, and it, we don't really need to hunt these people down and burn them at the stake. It is what it is. It's it's kind of the nature of the beast that this is going to happen from time to time, that a pedigree that you see in front of you is not actually going to reflect the, the actual cats that you have. So that's something else to think about. So when you're reading pedigrees, it's something that comes over a long period of time um, and experience that you can just look at it and go, yeah, I like that or I don't like that. Now, I... Um, and people will know this about me, I am not even that good at doing it. I actually don't even look too much at the pedigree. I'll look to see if it's got what I want maybe. Um, sometimes I have bought cats specifically for their pedigree because there's been cats in the background that I've actually really appreciated and wanted to have some, a little bit of that. But mostly I'm, I'm going by what the cat looks like. I'm going by what the kitten looks like and what the two parents look like and is that going to give me what I need in my breeding, in my recipe that I'm making. Remember, I'm, you, your breeding is your own recipe. You take cats from other people, which are the ingredients and you put them together and then you create your own cake which is a cat um, and yeah so I'm not looking too much at the pedigree but when you get new when you're new to breeding you can be looking at that a lot and it can really weigh on you that you am I making the right decision is this pedigree correct is this pedigree right does this pedigree have something in it that I can't see because I'm not experienced the best way to find out is to give it to someone that is and ask them to have a look for you so that's a little bit of advice and a little bit of an answer to a question there from one of my members from the new cat breeders club if you haven't joined um i'm not sure when you're listening to this but it's only going to be open for another couple of days and then i am closing the doors for a little while so you may have to go on the wait list for that but there's information on my website at www.catbreedingforbeginners.com i would love to see you there bye Thanks for listening to the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. Make sure you visit my website at catbreedingforbeginners.com for lots more information. You can sign up to my email list and stay tuned as my Cat Breeding 101 online course is coming soon.